I want to share with you in just a second two sentences. They're short sentences. Matter of fact, in those sentences, there are only three words each. They sound kind of similar. And so you want to listen carefully because if you don't listen carefully, you may not be able to distinguish because they're very, very close. They're sentences that ought to belong together. They ought to fit perfectly like two pieces of a puzzle come together to complete the image. But they don't always fit together. What are those two sentences? They're simply this. I am forgiven. And I am forgiving. You see how those could be easily confused if it was said and someone wasn't, someone wasn't paying careful attention. I am forgiven and I am forgiving. If there's any place, if there's any place in the whole world that we, need, we should celebrate forgiveness, it should be in the church of Jesus Christ. Because that's why we're here. That's what we've been singing about this morning. That's what we've been hearing, hearing God's word about this morning. That's what we pray about this morning. That's what we thank God for is forgiveness. Forgiveness that only comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiveness for us means what? It means salvation. It means purity. It means peace. It means being in a right relationship with God and and the opportunity to be in a right, right relationship with other people. It means peace. To be forgiven means when you put your head on the pillow at night, you have peace. You know, as a kid, used to pray, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. And I always thought, that's kind of a scary prayer. Here I am getting ready to go to sleep, close my eyes, and I'm praying about dying. Some of you may think about that when you're teaching your kids to pray at night, okay? But here's the deal about that. I know It's not a wish. It's not a hope. I know that if I were to put my head on the pillow at night and not wake up in the morning, I know where my eyes would open. And it's not because of anything in the world I have done. We need to get that straight. You look up here and you say, okay, well, there's the pastor. There's the pastor. Uh, When we were down in the Dominican Republic, uh, we worked with a guy named Roberto. We worked with him the last three years. Roberto is the hardest working man I have ever seen in my life. We sat down for some water and a little bit of shade there at the corner of the building we were working on. And uh, Roberto opened the palm of his hand to me. And I looked at the palm of his hand and it was smooth and rough. Here's a man that worked with shovels concrete block bags of cement all the time all the time and I looked at his hands and I put my hand on his and began to feel and he didn't have any fingerprints left worked them all off completely gone and then and then he turned the tables on me 
And he flipped my hand over, and he began to look at my hands. And he basically, he, he doesn't speak any English at all, but he basically, all he said to me was Bible. In other words, I can see what you do all day. You see what I do all day, I can see what you do all day. And, but Roberto probably has this fantasy about what it means to be a pastor and how my life is, is perfect and I walk in righteousness all the time and Jesus and I are just arm in arm and there's you know, always angels singing. And yeah, If you think that that's what's happening with Jimmy, you need to talk to Nancy. She will fix it in a hurry. Okay, because that's, that's not my life. If you think, hey, because he's a preacher, he's in, it gets the stamp. It's like your passport to get into a country. Okay, he's a preacher. Okay, stamp and let him go in. That's not it. Do you know how I get into the presence of the Almighty God? It's the very same way you get into the presence of the Almighty God. And that is because Jesus did something for me that I could not do for myself. He paid a price on my behalf that I might have life abundant and life eternal. He shed his blood for my sins. I am forgiven. It's the only way we get it. It's the only way you get it. And that's the incredible thing about forgiveness, you see. It's not deserved. Forgiveness is not deserved. And that is the that is the, the thing that we celebrate about forgiveness. It's not deserved. I didn't earn this. I didn't work for this. I didn't have to be good enough. I didn't have to pass a test. I didn't deserve it at all. Given to me. Here, let me share just a couple of, couple of scriptures that reinforce that. Romans 5, 8 tells us that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, Jesus didn't say, okay, listen, when Rick Ward gets his life right, when he gets all his ducks in a row, gets rid of all his sin, and cleans himself up good enough, then I'll save you. If you think Rick's that kind of man, you need to talk to Tommy. I like Rick. Got a lot of great qualities. But if he had to get to heaven on his own merit, he ain't getting there. None of us are getting there. That is what we celebrate about forgiveness. It is absolutely undeserved, and yet I got it. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, we read, It is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. When I talk to kids about what grace means, when I talk to them about salvation, I try to let them know, hey, listen, salvation is not your allowance. Salvation is not like getting a paycheck. It's far more like a Christmas present or birthday present. And I know we get close to December and these kids, man, they start behaving in ways they've never behaved before. 
Because they know. Or at least they think. Santa Claus is watching me. We've got them paranoid. And when that quit working, you went out and you bought an elf. If you want that elf to be truly effective, put a camera in it. So that you can see exactly what happens. But we've done this and what we've said is, hey, you got to be good. But we're not, listen, you've already been out shopping. It's not like on December 24th you're going to go, she ain't getting that Wonder Woman action figure. We're just going to put that back. We're going to take it back to Walmart. No. Because you understand a gift is not earned. It's given. And that's what we need to know about salvation if we don't know it. What we need to know about forgiveness if we don't know it. And it is what we celebrate for those who do know it. Now, forgiveness isn't deserved. And that is what we celebrate about forgiveness. But... It's also the thing we find the most difficult. The most difficult when it comes to others. Forgiving others. Why? Listen to this. Listen carefully. Because we believe they don't deserve it. And now we're stuck. Why? Because we're forgiven and we don't deserve it. But when it comes to forgiving others, sometimes that's our roadblock. That's the thing that causes us to stumble. That's the line that we draw. And isn't it kind of weird? Because we come here on Sunday morning and we sing about grace and we sing about forgiveness. And we celebrate it. And yet when we walk out the door... I know I'm forgiven, but I, that person doesn't deserve it. Somehow I've drawn this line thinking that I deserve something far greater than, than, than anything I'd forgive another person. But somehow I deserve this, but they don't. And, and that's a misunderstanding of what forgiveness is. And it causes us to, to break between those two sentences. Remember the two sentences, I am forgiven. I am forgiving that's who i am but you know what jesus never presented forgiveness as something that was optional we bought a car a couple of years back and um truck was wearing out it's time to time to move on and uh and so we went and, and we shopped and you know if you shop for a vehicle uh that you can find vehicles that have all kinds of options to them. Uh, some things we think should be standard, like power windows instead of rolling them up. But uh, that's an option. It comes in a package. You get these option packages. And, and so we kind of think, uh, well, Nancy and I were talking this morning because we're, you know, big sports season, football's coming up. We, we, we love sports. We watch football. And, and so she came in wanting to know what, what our cable package was to kind of figure out what it is we could watch and what would be we couldn't watch. And so because there were options and, and there was an option. When I went to the page and looked it up and found out what package we have, there was an option there. Click this button if you want to upgrade. Somehow we got this idea that, you know what, this forgiveness thing, when it comes to 
what I do for others, somehow that's optional. That's not how Jesus painted the picture. Consider this. Jesus said, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. And then in Mark eleven twenty five, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Listen, I just want to leave that out there and let it sink in. There's some scriptures we need to wrestle with. This is a scripture you you need to wrestle with it. You need to go round, you need to go a few rounds with this scripture. You need to ask, hey Holy Spirit, help me understand this, because this sounds serious. Well, it is. I have I have this firm conviction that forgiven people are forgiving people. And if we aren't forgiving, again, I I do believe that's a process for us, that we don't automatically get it all in one load. But if we're not moving towards being forgiven people, we need to go back to the source and make sure we understand what forgiveness is to begin with. To make sure that we understand, we come to, to Christ not as someone who is worthy of salvation, but someone who receives it as a gift. That while I was still in my sins and trespasses, covered with the muck and mire of my sin, even then Christ died for me. Ephesians chapter 4, just a few verses there I think that are helpful for us. If you want to open your Bibles, I did put this scripture up here because this was, as I was planning this, this is kind of the, the main portion, I guess, of the, of the message. But I think we need to hear this in relationship to forgiving other people because I think it helps us to get there. And, and this is what it says. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds And to put on the new self created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, I pulled out a few verses here and I'd encourage you to go back yourself and to read through the entirety of chapter 4 to put this into context. But what I want us to understand is that unforgiveness belongs to the old life. Unforgiveness belongs to the old nature, old It belongs to the old me. It belongs to the old you, the pre-Jesus you. That's where unforgiveness belongs. Because in Christ we're made new. New. The old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. At the end of a work day in the Dominican Republic, we would come in and we would be covered with dirt and grime and uh, cement dust and sweat and bug spray and 
uh, sunscreen, all, all this stuff kind of created a cake in us up a little bit. And, and we would come in and, and what happens? You, you want to get rid of those dirty, smelly clothes. You want to put those aside and you want to you want to you want to get cleaned up and put on new clothes. And that's the imagery that the Apostle Paul is using. You're taking off the old self and you're putting on the new self. This is something that you're actually in the process of doing. This is a conscious decision that you are making to take off the old and to put on the new. So when you recognize, when you recognize you're wearing your old, dirty self, you make a conscious decision to take it off. And to put on Christ. Take it off and put on Christ. And so here's the deal. Someone hurt you yesterday. Or maybe someone hurt you 30 years ago. Really makes no difference. Pain's just as real. The betrayal's just as real. Hurts just as much. Matter of fact, as you look back on 30 years, you may have thought that That pain is magnified over the years and not lessened as you hoped it would. Time does not heal all wounds. And you begin to think about that person and that circumstance and those old things begin to churn up within you. That anger, that bitterness, that rage, whatever it is, it begins to churn up in you and you recognize, you know what? That does not belong to Christ. That belongs to my old nature. And you make a conscious decision asking the Holy Spirit to empower you. We sell the Holy Spirit short. We're kind of scared of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're afraid that if the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, that something might happen. Well, I sure hope so. Because He is there to enlighten you, to guide you, to empower you. The same power that raised Jesus up from the dead is available to raise you daily to help you take off that old life and all those old emotions and all those old hurts and to put on Christ and to be made new. And, and again, part of it, listen, look at Romans 12 too. It says this, do not be conformed to the world. In other words, Don't act like the world. In the world, unforgiveness is the norm. It belongs to the world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed, that is changed. It is that picture, that metamorphosis picture of the cocoon. uh, You know, the caterpillar going into the cocoon and coming out this butterfly. There's this incredible thing that happens. Transforming, changing that creature turns it from something that's creepy, crawly, and, you know, the stuff of nightmares, turns it into something beautiful. Be transformed. Let that happen to you by the renewing, the renewal of your mind. And then it says, hey, listen, then you'll be able to understand what God's will is. Until then, when you're captivated, when you've got that old way of thinking, when you're, when you're bogged down, when you're weighed down, when you're chained to that old way of thinking and to that unforgiving spirit, when that has got a hold of you, there's no way that the transformation can take 
place. And so we go to God and go, listen, I am weak, but you're strong. I can't do this. That man who hurt me, that woman who hurt me, that person who hurt me, God, I can't get over it. You know what God's going to say? I know. I know. But he'll also add, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. There's nothing impossible. This thing that you think is impossible, it's not impossible. It's impossible for you. But for me, piece of cake. We can do this. So let's start taking off, peeling off that old life. And begin to see the image of Christ in you. Now, some of you, when you saw the title of the message, you said, oh boy, I'm going to come today and I'm going to learn forgiveness in three easy steps. Somehow, Jimmy's going to stand up there and he's got this magical formula that is going to fix my unforgiving heart. And I want to tell you that ain't happening. Because forgiveness is not easy. You know what forgiveness is? costly it costs god god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son it's costly when you look at the cross you get just a glimpse of the cost the question is what's most important to you today to hold on to the hurt because you got those scars legitimately. It's not fake. What's more precious to you? That hurt or the mercy of God? When you begin to dwell less on the hurt And the one or ones who hurt you, and you begin to dwell more on God and his mercy and grace and the forgiveness that has been dumped out on you without end, a shift starts to take place. And again, it it, it may move slowly, but a shift starts to take place. And you begin, little by little, to, to release it. Okay, God, can I, I'm going to give you just, let me give you some of this. Okay, God, uh, all right, let me give you a little more of this. Okay, the Spirit's convicting me that I haven't given it all. Let me, get, let me give you a little more of this. And what you find is that the more you think You are releasing the other person who hurt you. The more you're released. The more your chains fall off. The more light fills your life. The less time you spend in that dungeon, in that 
darkness and that dank place where there's no joy and there's no peace and there's no happiness at all. Your chains can fall off and your heart can be free. Philip Yancey wrote, in the final analysis, forgiveness is an act of faith. By forgiving another, I'm trusting that God is a better justice maker than I am. By forgiving, I release my own right to get even and leave all issues of fairness for God to work out. I leave in God's hands the scales that must balance justice and mercy. Some of you today came in with unforgiveness churning in your heart. And it's an acid that's been there for some of you for a long time long time. Forgiveness is not pretending you haven't been hurt. Not that at all. Being perfectly honest about the offense that was done to you. Being perfectly honest with God. And asking God to allow you to do something that you can't do yourself. And it may take a little while because you don't we're human beings and we don't forgive and forget. I may forget where I put my car keys. I may forget where I left a file. There may be a lot of things. I may forget an appointment. There may be a lot of things I forget, but I don't typically forget when people have hurt me really badly. And so if I can't forgive and forget, I know that in Christ I can forgive. Now, do you realize that the most forgetful person in the universe is God? Do you know that? Because he says to those who are his that he's going to forgive us and remember our sins no more. It's a conscious forgetfulness. And that's where some of you need to begin today. Understanding that you have a God who's not only willing to forgive your sins, but who's willing to forget your sins is as if they never happened. How does that happen? It happens when we come to God in faith through His Son, Jesus Christ. We come confessing, God, I'm a sinner, and I'm in desperate need of a Savior. I've tried to do this all on my own, but I can't. God, I believe that your Son, Jesus Christ, died for me on a cross, and I'm ready today to turn from my old life and to turn from Him and to receive Him as Savior and begin to follow Him today as the Lord of my life. And some of you may be ready to take that step today. I understand one of our young men in the church has taken that step last week, and we look forward to celebrating that together as a church. But maybe it's a step you need to take. Maybe you need to take it today. For some, you need to come today and take off that old person, the old you, the old nature. I just recommend just leave it here. Here's the deal. You don't go away naked. You just go away free. And you can come and just leave it and say, God, I want to leave the hurt in your hands. I want to, by faith, I want to, I want to trust you with my hurt. I want to trust you to do the right thing because if I was going to do it, I'd go shoot him.
I'd go hit her. That's what I'd do. But Lord, I want to trust you to be a God of justice and mercy. And I want to leave it here. And I want to walk away free. And you know what, God? I'm not going to sneak back in on Monday and pick it back up. I'm just going to leave. You begin a process, a shift. begins to take place in your heart and in your mind and in your values and in your life. If you need to respond, this morning we invite you to respond, to receive God's Son as your Savior, to leave something unsavory here at the cross so that you can truly taste and see that the Lord is good. To begin a new, clean, fresh walk. Whatever it is that you need to do this morning, we're going to sing a final song here in just a minute. You just respond as the Lord leads. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful for your word and that you speak to us and you remind us that even though forgiveness is a command, it's also an invitation. An invitation for us to be free, not just to free somebody else. And so Lord, I pray for those who are struggling, who are carrying that burden, that weight, who need to take off that old dirty garment crusted with the years of bitterness and anger. And God, leave that thing here. Just just walk away without it today. Lord, trust that you are going to take care of things, that you'll balance the scales. Lord, I pray for those who today, who today, Lord, need Jesus. They've realized that for them, the scales were balanced. That the price that they owed, Jesus paid. So that they might have life abundant and eternal with you. Lord, I pray that if you're leading someone to embrace your son as Savior, you're leading someone to connect with the life of a local church that can help them to grow. God, if you're leading, and then they wouldn't tell you no today. That they take that step of faith and find you waiting. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.